On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I am super pumped to bring you part five in our Brain Power series on the Choose to Think Inspirational Podcast. Today's episode is going to blow your socks off, and I'm not kidding. We're going to crack the code on what temptation is all about. You know, we're coming into Christmas, right? The New Year's holidays, and generally most people put on about five pounds, but not after this episode. I'm going to give you so many tips and tricks on handling your temptations, especially food. Now, We are going to find out what's happening in your brain and you'll finish this episode with nine tips to help you learn how to choose healthy food choices this holiday season. And it may not be food indulgences, like I said, that get your goat. You may struggle with spending too much money or letting your tongue get the best of you. So whatever your temptation is, you can use these same nine tips to apply to basically any scenario. I'm so happy that you're here. And if you're new to the channel, would you tap that subscribe button and ring the notification bell so you will be the first one to know about recent video up Plus, it helps us put the gospel, the good news across the screens of lots more folks when you do that. So thank you for your support. Now, you know, the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Do you buy that? That's coming from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Do you really believe that you can bear the weight of being tempted? And that, that even more than bear it, God will show you a way out of it. In other words, he's going to lead you out. You can get right out of it. Well, I'm going to say yes and amen to that. And training your brain to avoid temptation starts with your thoughts. Let me offer you these nine tips on training your mind, literally your mind, your thoughts, to influence your brain. And by the way, I bet you've been seeing me hold on to my brain. I have my big brain model, although sadly... My dearest little Smokey did chew on my brain. He got a piece of my brain when I wasn't here and began chomping down on it. However, I think we're okay. We can still make use of it. And it's my own fault. I didn't keep it out of reach of this big dog that I have. Okay, so enough of that. But I love my brain. And we're talking about the neuroplasticity of your brain and how your thoughts can influence your brain. Literally, those proteins and chemicals that make up a thought take residence in your brain and you have so much power. It's unbelievable what you can do just by thinking thoughts that honor God. I promise you it works. Let me offer you nine tips on training your mind, your thoughts to influence your brain regarding self-control, willpower, and avoiding temptation that I gathered across my research. And I'm going to put all the links in the show notes and in the YouTube description in case you want to go dig a little bit deeper. So the first tip, number one, you need to hijack the dopamine reward system in your brain by understanding what's going on in your brain right before you're tempted. I know that sounds like a mouthful, but you have neurons or brain cells that produce dopamine, which is a feel good motivating hormone. And it appears to kick into gear before the pleasurable activity is engaged. So in other words, before you take that first bite of Aunt Glenda's chocolate fudge, 
Ooh, before that happens, the dopamine is already being released. Okay. So we're going to hijack that dopamine reward system. Your brain's dopamine reward system is extremely strong. In other words, just the thought of a freshly baked cookie can overpower your entire system and send you right to the kitchen to grab the cookies and the milk. But you can use this to your advantage. You can retrain your brain to release dopamine over a different object other than food or shopping excessively or even gossip, any of your temptations, okay? Let's stay with the food example. How can you pull your eyes away from food at the next Christmas party or the family gathering? Before going, before you're really visually tempted there, see yourself as a social butterfly, smiling and chatting, actively listening to what others are saying. See yourself serving and helping the hostess, being the one who is last in the food line. Allow that feel-good hormone, allow that dopamine to pierce your mind as you envision yourself genuinely enjoying your time with others, connecting with them, and validating them. Make your gatherings less and less about food. Everybody talks about food, right? So steer everyone away from food. Make it less and less about food, even in their conversation and more and more about building community and helping others. So that's tip number one. Number two, control your impulses and the executive functioning of your brain. You know, you've got your, your frontal lobes. My brain is apart here, but you've got the, the frontal lobes on your brain and which would be actually this area right here. And that's where a lot of the executive functioning is actually going on. So you can try memory games to help you with that. Now, this is a bit controversial, scientifically speaking, but it might be worth a try. Maybe these kind of memory games also help with your cognitive functioning of your brain. But again, scientists kind of differ on that. Some say a resounding yes, and others say, mm -mm, don't think so. But some of it is how the actual experiments are being made. The theory here is that you are giving your brain a workout in the here and now and that these razor sharp drills that you can you can you're doing can actually help you when you're tempted to respond very quickly with a new focus you are developing your ability to recognize what you're thinking about you're highly in tune and i would suggest that you use this new awareness to help you focus on the more enduring pleasure of achieving your health go goals rather than succumbing to the yumminess that you may find right in front of your nose in the here and now so by controlling those impulses you're actually giving your brain a little bit of a workout and in one study that i read about the people who did memory games after they were alcoholics or they were prone to drink excessive amounts of alcohol. And after 30 days of doing these brain memory games, they were able to suppress their the temptation that they were having for alcohol. They didn't go to alcohol as much. Very curious, but I don't know all the correlations and all that, but it might be worth a try. It certainly wouldn't hurt, right? Okay, tip number three, try visualizing and think, thinking about the visual aspects of the food temptations, not the taste of them. This was so curious to me because we know we can be tempted by sight, just like David was tempted by Bathsheba. It was the sight of her that kind of ushered in all of that experience and magnified and augmented that temptation for 
him. But in this particular study, it you, you can learn to appreciate the sight of the foods, but then let the buck stop there. I read this interesting blog article and it was called Be Patient with Your Child's Temptations because their brain makes it hard to deal with them. And some of that talks about how the younger you are, the more susceptible you are to wanting that instant gratification and how as you age, that kind of wanes a little bit. Jennifer Silvers, that's who wrote this, and her colleagues did a study on food craving in children, adolescents, and adults. Now I'm quoting from this study. They showed pictures of unhealthy but tasty food like a donut. And then they asked the participants to rate how much they wanted to eat that food. Half of the time they asked their participants to imagine that the food was in front of them, focusing on how the food would taste and smell. So those two senses, the taste buds and the and the olfactory nerve, that the smell. In, other, in the other half of the trials, they asked participants to imagine the food was far away, focusing more on what the, the food looked like rather than how tasty it would be. Focusing on the visual aspects of the food rather than its appetitive or desirable features is a cognitive strategy that is designed to reduce craving. The strategy was effective in reducing food cravings for all groups, regardless of age. However, older participants showed less ventral prefrontal cortex of your brain. And so they were looking at the links between those two parts of the brain. But it says that children feel cravings more strongly than adults. And in addition, children showed less connection between the prefrontal cortex and the ventral striatum. And so not only do they have stronger cravings, but they also have weaker abilities to reduce their cravings. But the point here, according to this one study is when you go to a gathering, you can admire the food, but let it stop right there. Focus on what it looks like or, oh, that's pleasing to the eyes, but then back it up and don't allow your brain and your mind and your thoughts to gravitate where, oh, I bet that's going to taste so good. That is, I'm going to enjoy that taste. Oh, the appetitive, appetitive kind of value of that food. So don't worry about, don't get snagged there. Number four, train your brain to focus more on the enduring pleasure. And this one really stuck out to me because what is a more enduring pleasure. Enduring is the operant word here. Enduring, the, the pleasure that lasts. Yes, eating a piece of Aunt Glenda's fudge is going to be something that, that would be so pleasant and be very pleasing to me, but will it last? No. So the trick here is to get your brain to focus on the more enduring pleasure. This means that when the cookie plate is passed around, redirect your thoughts to the I won't or the I don't affirmation. You can go back a couple of episodes on all the affirmations that are really powerful in the brain power series that we're doing. In other words, you can say, I won't eat these cookies or I don't eat these cookies during the week or whatever I don't is meaningful to you. You might say, you know, I choose physical health. I don't eat those cookies because I choose physical health. And then you picture yourself glowing in the epitome of health at your age. You might also envision the inner workings of your body, like your organs all functioning and enjoying the break from sugar and the high fat overload that, oh, is just coming at us like crazy. See yourself taking that vacation that you always wanted to take and you're maybe you're scuba diving or snorkeling, something that you wouldn't do if you really weren't that healthy or feeling like you're in your best shape and form. Maybe you can picture yourself bending down and playing on the floor with your grandkids, riding bikes with your loved ones or taking those adventure vacations. This is who you are and that identity that you subscribe to. This type of enduring pleasure is worth 
focusing on. Instead of focusing on, oh, gee, those cookies are so good, they would taste delicious, and just kind of allowing your thoughts to keep pounding out right there, switch them over because that's pleasurable and you know it's going to taste good. That cookie's going to taste good. Those Cheetos, that buying those new shoes when you already have five new pairs of shoes, you name it, whatever that temptation might be for you, it gives you a rush in that reward cycle of dopamine. But if you can say instead, no, there is another pleasure. There is an enduring pleasure that I'm after. And then put your mind, your thoughts on that and engage your brain in the enduring pleasure reward that's there because it's going to come you know this type of enduring pleasure is worth focusing on the instant gratification is here and gone and often leaves you feeling so much worse guilty and defeated use your brain and mind to really drill down on that more enduring pleasure instead i read this article and it's where i came into this particular concept it was called resist temptation and dr ian smith said this quote, one way of thinking about temptation is as a fierce conflict. Even the Bible talks of this here, side note about the, the conflict and the, the fight between our spirit and our flesh, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that, that he's saying one that you can win if you focus mentally and you train properly. When it comes to resisting temptation, your mind is locked into an epic battle with your anticipated sense of physical satisfaction. Your body knows that buying that scarf, eavesdropping, on the juicy details of that argument or biting into that double fudge cake will produce a physical response of pleasure. Your challenge is to convince yourself that the brief reward, it's brief, it's short-lived. That brief reward that you get from the indulgence will be less pleasurable than the reward you get from abstaining. In other words, you have to train your mind, strengthen it, and prepare it to recognize and seek the more enduring pleasure, a pleasure that does not provide immediate gratification, but can be extremely satisfying over the long term. Okay. Number five, identify the dominoes in your life that signal you should eat or do basically anything unhealthy to find relief. Okay. We're talking about dominoes. Think of triggers in your life that kind of tell you, Hey, go ahead and do it because this is how you cope. This is how you find relief. So start to think about what those are. What do I mean really by this? It's often on the Tuesday Thing Inspirational Podcast, we deal with our emotions and feelings. As 21st century Christians, you take back your emotions and feelings instead of letting them run the show. You're not emotionally driven anymore like a roller coaster, but instead you examine your feelings to eventually trace back to the root thought or thoughts that created that domino effect in your brain in the first place. And that led you in the wrong direction with your behavior. Remember, it goes thoughts, then feelings and emotions, and then behavior. Identifying your dominoes means to be keenly aware of your feelings, kind of like the check engine light in your car. Picture that. When it goes off and is blaring red at you, it gets your attention, doesn't it? And you choose to stop in this analogy, that domino, that trigger, you're going to put that red light off. You, you say, hey, the check engine light is on. I got to turn it off. And that's exactly what you're doing here. You're identifying a domino that really is an alert, a signal, a trigger to you that something is amiss. And you're going to get really good at identifying that. In the same article, Resist Temptation, the author provided an 
absolutely fascinating chart of triggers and the foods that are most associated with that particular trigger, as well as alternative actions that you can take. I want to read them to you, but keep in mind that food may not be your tripping point. You could try listing other temptations in your life to come up with a list of alternate behavior that you could try instead of succumbing to the temptations. So you can kind of tailor fit this for yourself. I've heard some people call this the HALT method, H-A-L-T. And that method re is in regards to resisting temptations that you're supposed to ask yourself four questions from HALT. H is, are you hungry? The A is, are you angry? The L is lonely or, and the T is tired. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And if you say yes to any one of those, then you're gonna need to address those issues in a healthy, more productive way. You're gonna seek a remedy for that condition first before you actually give way to your actual temptation. Here are the tempting foods in this case, in his chart, chocolate. The triggers for that are when you're feeling nervous or anxious, you're going to go to chocolate. Alternatives, call your support system, call a friend and talk about what's going on in your life. Here's another trigger or what I call a domino, watching TV. What do you generally do when you're watching TV? You may veg out. Maybe that trigger food is buttered popcorn. Why not snack on raw and crunchy vegetables instead? When you're kind of feeling angry, and arguments are happening, a trigger for that often, for that kind of uh, condition and those emotions and feelings will be ice cream. I thought that was kind of funny because arguments are heated and ice cream is cold. It's like the psychological thing where you're eating ice cream to cool things down a little bit. But anyway, you can exercise instead, write in your journal and hey, go back to a previous episode on the Brain Power series and it's all about exercising your brain. You're going to want to tune into that episode as well. After work, hunger, hunger. you get hungry, you're after work and it's right, you know, it's not, it's too soon uh, before it's too close to dinner. So you don't want to eat too much. And, but a lot of people will just grab a cookie and instead, why don't you grab a hundred calorie snack pack? These are his suggestions mostly. In the car driving home triggers some people to go for French fries. You know, that fast food, ah, just grab some French fries through here. But the alternative behavior that you could take is change your driving route. Maybe you're too tired to cook. Ever been there? And so what do we do when we're too tired to cook? We, uh, I'd like to order a pizza, please. Yeah, right. But instead you can order in, you can still do that, but get something else on the delivery menu. You know, they've got DoorDash and all kinds of things to get healthy meals right, delivered right to your door. If you're in a rush and you're hungry, you know, you're running out the door in the morning, you're saying, kids, grab your Pop-Tart. You grab a donut, you get a pastry, right? And instead, why don't you try keep keeping fresh fruit around? What about when you're bored? Okay, he says when you're bored, that's the trigger, that's the domino, the feeling and so forth, the situation. He says people just go to cherry licorice. And I'm like, Ugh, I would never go to cherry licorice. The point here is that you're bored and you're just eating anything. It's almost like mindless eating. And because you can just keep on, you know, munching and chewing and chewing and chewing on it to kind of satisfy that. But really what you could do instead is get active or pursue a hobby, he goes so far to say. What do you want when you're stressed? You want comfort food like potatoes, creamy pasta, right? Something along those lines. He suggests you listen to relaxing music instead. And the last one was when you need energy, what do you eat? A lot of people go to soda. They get that Diet Coke. They want the caffeine, right? So try unsweetened caffeinated tea. Matter of fact, last year, one of the most popular health 
episodes was all about green tea. So you can go back and find that one. And we talk about Harney and Sons green tea. It's really um, something very healthy and good for your brain. Coming in at number six, and this is very practical and kind of easy to implement. You create friction between yourself and the object of your temptation. This is kind of like the chart and some of the alternate activities that you can do, but a little bit different because you're going you're gonna to build in some resistance between you and the object of your affection or the object of your attention or the object of your addiction or the object of your temptation, however you want to word that. And in other words, you stop buying the donuts, the Cheetos and the junk foods all together. And then when you face a domino, some kind of trigger in your life that threatens to cascade into full blown abandon, leading you into a very unhealthy direction, you've made it hard. You make it hard to get the goodies because they're no longer in your home. You create friction between yourself and that item. Some studies even show that just keeping the ice cream down in the basement of your house, that's kind of far away and dark, you go down the stuff, you go turn the lights on, there may be cobwebs and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that can be enough of a deterrent to keep you from going all the way down there to get the ice cream. It's a little bit of friction. You're just like, oh man, I don't want to go all the way down there and it's dark and I have to go to the far end of that and it's wet and damp and all of those things. Here's another example. We keep a candy drawer in our house for Friday Family Fun Night, but I don't want to be tempted by all this stuff in there. And I want friction between certain candies and me because I just don't want to have to face that temptation. It's a lot easier to have the friction there because I am not going to drive to Kroger to get my favorite candy bar or a pint of ice cream. I'm just not going to do it. That's enough friction to me. But if it were in the candy drawer, uh, I might be feeling stressed or anxious or bored or lonely or something. I might think, oh, Boy, that would just taste so good. And I might opt, opt for that instead of the fruit if it were here. So what I do is I don't fill it, that candy drawer with any candy that's tempting to me. I fill it with candy that doesn't interest me in the least, like cherry licorice would definitely do it or gummy worms, worms or even sweet tarts. So you can, you too can make it difficult for yourself to really overindulge, keep the goodies far away and make yourself go back to the chart that I just gave you to figure out what's really bugging you. Okay. And here we go to number seven. All right. And this kind of swings back to the whole domino and trigger idea, but it's to give yourself five minutes to do a brain dump, literally set a timer. When you have a craving or you're feeling tempted, grab your journal and jot down the very thoughts you're having. Try asking yourself if you're legit hungry or tired or stressed. If you've determined you're hungry, nourish your body with healthy food choices. If you're tired, try to take a cat nap or simply rest on the sofa and listen to praise and worship music to help you relax and refill just a bit. If you're stressed, try exercising first. Now, jump on the trampoline. By the way, did you see my indoor trampoline? I absolutely love it. Research suggests that tramp jumping lover lowers your blood pressure. It gets your heart pumping and your blood circulating. Just 10 minutes of light jumping can really open the valves on your heart, all those arteries and your mind and help you to let all that stress go. So get your tramp. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to know my favorite one, because it doesn't squeak. The one I had last time was just squeaking every time you could hear it. And it was so annoying, but this one doesn't. It's got a different kind of like bungee cord all, all the way around so that it's very, very quiet. I just love it. I use it almost every day. Okay. Number eight, eighth tip, 
pray and rebuke the enemy of your soul. And this is kind of like a spiritual discipline. You want to say, be spiritually minded in all of this. So you pray, you rebuke the enemy of your soul and you stay in step with the spirit. Don't forget about inviting God into those moments you feel tempted. He's right there with you. As a matter of fact, God would love for you to exercise self-control. Listen to what he says about self-control. Proverbs 16, 32 says, better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control, the one who takes a city. So your physical might is nothing compared to the spiritual might that you can exercise when you're actually practicing self-control. In 1 Corinthians 7, 5, Paul writes concerning married life, that's the context, do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not be tempted, will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And so that kind of suggests that Satan can be involved in this whole issue of self-control. So it's a good idea just to rebuke him as you go. Sometimes you're feeling tempted. You say, you know what? I'm not going there. And you stand against the enemy of your soul in those moments. And then I love this one. You know this one. It's Galatians 5, 22 through 25. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is, and it lists all these wonderful attributes of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and Yes, self-control against such things. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. And then the last one I'd like to read you is 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9, I guess. And it's under the section called Confirming One's Calling and Election. It says this, His divine power, God's divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. Why don't we read that and personalize it? It sounds so much better that way. So His divine power has given you everything you need for a godly life through your knowledge of Him who called you by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given you His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Look how love is involved in those in the Galatians quote. And then again, in this one, and self-control appears in both of them too. And continue here for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive productive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. I tell you, it's, you know, I love the fact that we can increase there. There's an increasing of that. And you, you may think, well, gee, food has control over me or money has control over me or alcohol or drugs or gossiping. All of that seems to control me. That's contrary to what the Bible says. And the good news is, is that your self-control can increase and in increasing measures. And finally, the last one, I'm going to leave you with a bonus ninja tip here. To help you avoid temptations, it's so simple. It's drink water. And I'll show you what I've been drinking here. You can take a look at this. I'll even put a link to this particular container in the show notes as well, because it starts at early in the morning. And this holds about 75 ounces, I guess, which is 
80 ounces, which is really my target for the day, just for water. I'm not talking about other types of beverages that I, or liquids that I may consume, but this one has a countdown. I love it because you can grab it and go. It's a nice tight seal on the top and you don't have to worry about spilling in your car. It can roll all over the place inside your, inside your car, wherever you're dragging it in your pickleball bag, for example, your duffel bag. And, you know, water fills you up and satiates. I even know that it may suppress your appetite, boost your metabolism, and it makes exercise easier and more efficient. So make sure that you are staying well hydrated during this holiday season. So let's run through those, those tips one, uh, one more time so that you can have a good idea of all of them again. So these nine tips are number one, hijack the dopamine reward system by understanding what's going on in your brain right before you're tempted. In other words, get another strategy there on how you're going to deal with some of the temptations that you know are coming down the pike. Number two, control those impulses and the exec executive functioning of your brain. Kind of stay ahead of the of the eight ball, so to speak. Number three, try visualizing and thinking about those, the aspects of the food temptation or whatever it is that's tempting you, not the object itself, or for example, in food, not the taste of the food, because often if you focus too much on the taste of the food, you're going to, you're going to fall to that temptation because the taste really um, is enticing. But if you focus more on the visual aspects, it might give you a little traction there. Now, number four is train your brain to focus on the more enduring pleasure. And I love this one because instead of focusing on that immediate gratification, go big term, long term, and focus on the more enduring pleasure. Five, identify the dominoes or triggers in your life that signal to you that you should eat or do whatever else you're doing that you don't want to do. So try to identify what those are. Be really in tune with your emotions and your feelings and the conditions in which you're, you're living. And number six, create friction between yourself and the object of your temptation. Number seven, give yourself five minutes to simply do a brain dump to really get in touch and think about those thoughts that you're thinking that are leading you to feelings and emotions, which are leading you to unhealthy behavior. Number eight is to involve the spiritual aspects of this whole thing called re, called resisting temptations. Make sure you're praying, you're rebuking the enemy of your soul and you're staying in step with the spirit. God will be with you in this process and he will help you. And the last one was to drink water. So God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this brain power series where we're talking about how your thoughts can actually influence your brain. So God bless you. And I'll catch you next time. Be sure to tune in this Thursday. We have a special guest who's on the show uh, talking about trauma and, over and forgiveness. That's mainly the topic this coming Thursday. So God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.